I see what you did there, and you're not fooling anybody. Self-defense. Self-awareness. Self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the intro. All right, this is a sort of a special edition of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore in that I don't have a martial arts topic per se to cover. What I want to cover, it's a little bit self-referential, um... Every time I do one of these podcasts and I distribute the podcast to the various outlets that are connected to the podcast host that we use, I then create a video and upload it to YouTube. Now, I don't know why anyone would choose to follow a podcast on YouTube because YouTube is a terrible platform when it comes to podcasting. There's nothing to see on the video. Um, I pay for YouTube premium only so that I can minimize videos and listen to them because I have things to do, so I I don't have time to stare at the screen. So I listen to videos pretty much 95% of the time. And I'm aware that since people do that, there's no harm in in putting the video up on YouTube in the Martial Arts Podcast playlist on my The Martialist uh, YouTube channel. Um, You know, it it adds content to the channel, and, and there are a few, a vanishingly few, number of people who listen to it there. But I noticed a disproportionate number of comments on the channel. And this podcast has existed for weeks. It, it's not, it's very young. You know, it's not established in any way. I have almost no audience. There's probably 20 people who listen to my podcast across the various podcast platforms. I do the podcast because it's fun and it's kind of a way of forcing myself to do something fun for myself. But you can imagine my amazement when I started. Anytime I logged into that YouTube account to upload things, I was noticing lots and lots of comments on the martial arts podcast posts specifically, and then a few things that weren't that, you know, some of the other videos that I posted, especially one of the videos I posted where I just solicited questions from the audience because I wasn't sure what to do videos about, and I wanted to know what my few viewers and listeners might want to hear about. That actually worked out well because it's driven a lot of, of content. Um, it actually was the purpose behind one of the most recent podcasts that I did, which is about the rise of white supremacists in the martial arts or the lack thereof. Um, but when when you start getting all these comments sort of out of proportion to the the viewership or the listenership that you have as a as a medium, as a program of some kind, you really have to stop and wonder. I am not arrogant enough to believe that my podcast that only just started has so many listeners, so many viewers, that I'm getting 10 comments per video you know, of, of people who are desperate to, to share their opinion about what they've just listened to, what they've just consumed. Which brings me to the topic of trolling. Because I see what you did there. You're not fooling anybody. I know that you're trolling me. I'm aware. There's like one guy who has 10 different accounts, and those accounts all have the same weird naming convention, like Bronze Age Kitchenette and Jack's Disappointing Pancreas and other weird three-word conventions that don't make any sense and are not what you'd normally do to name a YouTube channel. Like, I'm aware that every single one of these accounts has like 10 subscribers because he's subscribed to all of his accounts with all of his other accounts. Like, I don't know if you didn't think that was obvious, but I know that you're what you're doing, sir. 
excuse me, sir. <laughs> I, I, I think it's quite obvious. And I don't know who this person is. I know that there's one guy who I humiliated in a Facebook group many, like years ago. Um, he, he fancied himself a knife guy and I've forgotten his name. Um, it was like Lewis something maybe, uh, but he, he goes by a number of different names that are similar to each other online. But in a, in a knife discussion, this guy fancied himself quite the, the knife combatives expert and he was just wrong about everything. And I and a friend of mine uh, who happened to be members of the same group just took him apart once uh, because he was a fool. He, he was just saying things that weren't true. And when it comes to knife combatives, like when you're talking about fighting with weapons, you cannot just be spewing nonsense. And some of the nonsense was just self-aggrandizement. You know, he was just talking about how awesome he is. And it was clear that that was false. But some of it was, was dangerously false information. So uh, we, we basically said so. And he was very humiliated. And then he got banned from the group. Um, and he has been nursing a grudge for years. Um, a year ago, he sent me a nasty message on eBay from an account I'd never seen. I didn't realize it was him until I looked deeper into it and realized that the, the username of the account was similar to one of the pseudonyms that he goes by. But he was just sending, you know, like, like profanity. And, and I'm like, is one of my customers upset? Did somebody not get their package? Are they mad? Well, no, he was never a customer. He was just using eBay as one of the last venues that he could find to send me a message because I'd blocked him on pretty much every other platform. And just the other day, a year after this, I got another message from him with the same thing, you know, just, just like two words, like, like F you or something, you know. And, and all I can think is that he was banned from messaging for like a year. And then he waited out the year and was like, I must swear at Phil Elmore again. <laughs> you have to admire the obsessive determination in someone like that. Like, you showed me. You, you sent me an, a, a profane eBay message. I, I am wounded to my core, sir. Um, so there are those people out there, these obsessive weirdos who are just nursing weird grudges uh, for forever. And it's one of the reasons that I don't do martial arts politics anymore, because I got tired of not only contending with weirdos nursing grudges, but also just all of the politicking and crosstalk and, and bickering and, and nonsense that goes on in every sphere of that. I've been much happier since I left all that behind. Uh, it's It's been... Uh, every once in a while I'll think about it and I realize how much happier I am not dealing with that. So it's good to avoid these types of politics. But for whatever human reason, when you make these enemies, they're, they're yours pretty much for life. There are a lot of people out there nursing lifelong grudges, including Jack's disappointing pancreas and whatever 15 other accounts he's using today. Um, and, and the trolling takes very quantifiable very consistent forms and patterns. There's no new trolling under the sun. A number of years ago, back when I very much courted martial arts politics and was, was very much into doing this kind of thing and making these kinds of enemies, because I was young and stupid, I was in my early 20s, um, I wrote a number of definitive troll guides for the internet that were, they started out as, as martial arts oriented, um, you know, like one of them was how to spot a virtual tough guy. And there was an, a number of others that I did that were sort of part of a suite of troll identification articles that identified different troll types. And uh, especially in the martial arts, different ways to spot the 
the ways that people on the internet would try to present themselves as these tough guy martial arts masters when they weren't. One of those articles, the one on virtual tough guys, I think was even picked up by a, I think it was an online martial arts magazine at the time. I've forgotten the name of it, but it was a pretty big deal for me at the time. And uh, I've since taken all that stuff down, you know, as part of my withdrawing from stepping back from martial arts politicking. And uh, I don't regret it. And, you know, that's old stuff. Like, as a writer, you look at your old material and you usually don't like it. And that's because that, that, that's a good thing. I've told coaching students of mine. Yes, I have writing coaching students. Uh, and I'm actually working on a writing coaching business that <laughs> between all the other work I do, I just haven't had time to work on. But I tell those students, look, you're, you should look back on your old work and not like it because that you should always be growing. You should always be getting better. And because you're always getting better, you'll look at stuff you did a few years ago and you will hate it by comparison to what you're capable of doing now. That should always be the case. It will level off at some point in your life. At some point in your life, you will write something that you are convinced is the best thing you've ever done and you'll be afraid that you won't be able to match it. And that becomes the standard against which you have to write for the future. So. Success is almost the enemy of the writer. And we spend a lot of time in our own heads. It's a very self-absorbed game, but it's also a very mental game anyway. You know, as a writer, you spend a lot of time alone in a room. And if you're not capable of, of you know, if you don't have the mental fortitude to deal with that, it can get depressing. It can get crushing. It, you know, you'll, you'll hate what you do. You'll get to the point where you've got a deadline staring you in the face and you would just rather be doing anything but anything else. I hate this. I'd like to start over, quit all my jobs, get new ones, get a new identity, run away to Portugal, something. So uh, I look at those old troll guides and, you know, I don't think they're all that particularly well written, but they were they were what I could do at the time and people liked them at the time. And uh, what what those guides tell me sort of through the mists of history, is that nothing has changed. There's still identifiable patterns to the ways people troll and the ways people try to uh, get at you. It's, it's always an attempt to sort of pierce your mental armor and make you feel bad. That's not new. That's, you know, the, when people argue on the internet, the only way they can hurt each other is to try and make each other feel bad. And the way people react to other people trying to make them feel bad tells you whether or not it got to them and it made them feel bad. You know, I'd like to think that analyzing this from a perspective of humor indicates that, uh, you know, it's not that big a deal. And it's not something you should take seriously because these people can't really hurt you. They're, they're just words on a screen. And you can block them and not deal with them in the future. Now, some of the more... Um, uh, prolific and persistent ones will just keep creating more and more and more accounts. There's no way to stop people from doing that. And, you know, I guess you could turn off comments. I, I don't see any particular need to do that. And I do like to go through the comments and see the stuff that uh, people write because sometimes it inspires new content. Um, you know, that's always interesting to me. And, and I've been abused by the best. I've been yelled at and insulted by people way more frightening than anybody who's going to comment on a YouTube channel. Down through the years, uh, you know, in the in this career that has sometimes courted controversy and sometimes made some very terrifying enemies, um, it's there's that old saying that if you wait long enough by the river, you'll see the body of your enemy float by. I've seen that happen. I've watched that happen. Um, one of the trolls. This is this is one of the patterns that I saw on this channel. 
one of the trolls was deeply, deeply concerned with the fact that I had talked about Ron Collins, the West Virginian ninjutsu instructor, quote unquote, who ended up kind of experiencing a downward spiral in his life that ended with him in federal prison. Um, he, he's been a fixture in the martial arts forum and, and communities uh, since the, the late 90s, like a long time. Uh, he, he was posting on martial arts forums back in the days of, you know, MySpace and PHP BB forums and stuff like that. Um, and the fact that I talked about him was of deep, deep concern to one of these people who posted trolling comments on the channel to the point where it was just beating a dead horse. Like long after I was done telling the story of Ron, this person was going on and on about how somehow I was enriching myself and building my channel and, and, and going to, you know, walk on... Ron's uh, the sort of metaphorical corpse of, of what happened to him in order to elevate myself. And I'm like, look, man, I told the story. I, I have no plans to cover him in the future. I'm done contending with people and doing martial arts politicking. I don't think acknowledging that Ron exists or what happened to him in, a, in an objective way is any kind of attack. But this guy was really, really good. I just beat that dead horse. Couldn't let it go. I finally just banned him. I'm like, look, we're done here. You know, like uh, Ron will eventually get out. He he was in a halfway house and he was scheduled to, to be out by now, by like the 27th of July. And then something happened. And according to the Bureau of Prisons, he's still being held under the auspices of the halfway house. But in his court case, uh, I saw some documents posted on Kiwi Farms. He has uh, since been sent to a regional jail uh, I'm guessing because he violated the terms of the halfway house. There are a lot of rules when, when you go to a halfway house. And, and Ron, historically, has been one to do what he wishes to do and, and doesn't. he's not real good with following rules. I don't think that's a... I don't think I'm insulting him by saying that. I think Ron himself would tell you that he does what he wants and he's not going to follow other people's orders. So he must have violated the rules and got, got sent to jail and they extended his sentence. I believe that's because when you violate the rules of the halfway house, the time that you spent in the halfway house does not count against your your sentence. So there, there's a clock running the whole time you're in the halfway house. Eventually, the clock runs out and they release you and now you're, I don't know if you're on parole, maybe you have a, a parole officer, but you know he would be free to go and go on about his life. And uh, unfortunately for him, that will now not be until September because of what happened at the halfway house. And there's no way to know what that was. It could have been anything. I have no idea what the rules are in places like that. Uh, when Ron gets out, I'm quite certain he will start making posts about me again and how much he hates me. And that's too bad for me. I never should have made an enemy out of him in the first place. But talking about that and talking about what happened to him, he was mildly famous in the martial arts. You know, when he took the Street Beefs fight and fought uh, Icy Mike Pesesco, that was a big deal. People covered that. People were interested in that. So regardless, the, the type of troll that is deeply, deeply concerned that I'm using anyone like Ron or, or anyone like him as a platform to somehow accelerate my, my podcast and make oodles of money off it, I should have such problems. That is a category of troll, somebody who's so concerned that you are making money from what you're doing. Uh, when none of this makes money, my channel's not monetized, I do this for fun. 
There's no profit involved. And this person is wildly overestimating the amount of benefit that I would get from having mentioned Ron or talked about him in a podcast or two. Uh, I don't even want to be mentioning him now, but I have to mention him in reference to this story because it was so many comments from this person just obsessed with the idea that I was, you know, lifting myself up on the backs of, of the Ron Collinses of the world. And that's simply not the case. Closely related to these people who are convinced that uh, you are, are making bank off of these topics they disapprove of are the people who are convinced that the only reason people disagree in the martial arts are because they are business competitors. And it is simply not the case that uh, most, most people in the martial arts are not business competitors. Almost everyone complaining about their business competitors are not business competitors because most of these people don't have businesses and they're not sharing an audience. There's no, you know, it's not like if I have a subscription, if, if, you have, if I have one person who's subscribed to my YouTube channel, I haven't taken them away from somebody else's channel. If I'm a teacher, and I'm not, but if I was teaching and I taught, if I'm teaching somebody, I'm not taking a student from somebody in another state who doesn't agree with me online. Most of these people simply are not business competitors. You would have to have a very specific set of circumstances for them to actually be competing with each other. And, you know, there's a lot of big names in the martial arts who've spent a lot of years complaining that anyone who criticizes them is engaged in trade libel and is a business competitor who's trying to take them down and stop them from being successful. Most of these people don't have successful or viable businesses to start with. To be a to be a business competitor, you have to have a business. That's step one. And most of them don't. And the few that do, they simply aren't competing with the people they're contending with. It's just not the case. So, you know, we can put aside this idea that that anyone's making money off of this uh, because they're not. Most people don't actually make money off the martial arts. Most of the people, especially in online martial arts circles, most of those people are not making money off that. Um, a few people have commercial schools, and it's a, it's a difficult thing to run a commercial school, keep it in the black, and actually make a profit. There are some instructors who a lot of them make their money off of seminars, getting paid to go and do seminars where the where the money's at. Some of them have media that they sell. Um, so there are there are some big names in the martial arts and self defense industry who are indeed making a living at what they're doing. You would be surprised, though. A lot of the people working in martial arts and self defense, a lot of them do it part time. Essentially, they they do it to supplement their income. Now, I as a writer. I make money writing about martial arts and self-defense or writing emails about martial arts and self-defense, doing marketing about those things. I've made a living off of this industry for many years. It's not the only thing that I write about, but it has. Um, I have made a significant portion of my income down through the years from this industry, so much so that if I were just one guy living in a rented room somewhere, that would be more than enough money to live off. I could do that if I didn't have anything else going on in my life. I could just write about self-defense stuff and be comfortable. Um, I have many more things going on in life, so I, I have a lot more work that I do. And I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a workaholic. I've, I've lost the ability to just relax. I always feel guilty if I'm not working on something. But that's, <laughs> that's self-analysis for another day. Um, okay, let's talk about a different kind of troll that I've noticed on my YouTube channel where I post these martial arts podcasts. And those are the people who don't seem to understand how English works. People who type either in all caps, which, you know, 
all caps I can understand if you're not terribly computer literate. A lot of people, they're like, I don't want to deal with punctuation, so I'm just going to put that caps lock key on and then type things out like this is Tron and I'm receiving messages from a monochrome monitor where everything ends with end of line. <laughs> like, we all saw Tron when we were kids, if you're my age. Like, we all thought that was how computers worked. <laughs> so I get that, but... Uh, it's rude, you know, when you when you type in all caps, you're essentially shouting. And I don't know about you, but when I read stuff that's written in all caps, I read it as shouting. You know, just like, I am leaving a comment on your channel. I am writing in all caps. It's just really annoying. Uh, but that's forgivable compared to weird initial caps guy. I had some weirdo posting on my channel, and everything he wrote was initial cap. The first letter of every word was capitalized in every sentence. When you're writing like that, you are essentially one step away from cutting the words out of a magazine and pasting them to a piece of paper to make a serial killer ransom note. Like, like th there's no reason to write like that. And when I called him out on it and said, would you lose that? It's distracting and weird. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. This is how I was taught to write. And my response to that is no. No, it is not. No human being writes like that purposefully. You were not taught to write that way. This is some weird thing you are doing. So, no, I don't buy it when you're like, oh, that's how I was taught. No, it wasn't. Nobody taught you to do that. Uh so that was kind of that was kind of humorous. I, I you know there there are people who just closely related to people who write in weird ways like that are the trolls who seem to want to do some deep philosophical analysis of everything you do. Like why oh why must everyone in the martial arts be this way and why is this political and this that and the other and why are you talking about this topic and I'm sorry but no amount of commenting from you is going to change what I talk about I'm going to talk about what interests me because I do these podcasts for fun you do not get to tell me what I can and cannot talk about I will talk about whatever I choose to talk about whatever interests me is what's going to be discussed no amount of comment from the peanut gallery as as our parents used to say is going to convince me to talk about something different so you don't get a say in what the topics of this podcast are and if you don't like the topics of this podcast and this was sort of the overarching feeling i had while going through these comments some of which were held and there's this weird area in the youtube studio where they hold some comments that are potentially offensive and i have no idea what algorithm drives that because it's not like these were laced with profanity and stuff some of them were kind of negative but i'm like why are these held in a separate area so as i'm going through all this the overarching feeling i had was Nobody has a gun to your head making you listen to my podcast. In fact, I don't expect you to listen to it. I do this for my own enjoyment and because there's, like I said, 20 people out there who are my friends who subscribe to this and, and they enjoy it. I'm always a little surprised when somebody says, oh yeah, such and such with a, a reference to one of the podcasts. I'm like, you listened to that? So that's always fun. Like, my own family doesn't listen to my podcast because they can hear me go on and on at length anytime they want. Uh, and I don't blame them. Like, why would you why would you listen to recordings of me prattling on when you literally get exposed to me going on and on about nonsense all the time? So I don't understand why people bother to complain. Like, just don't listen, man. If you don't like what I'm talking about, if you don't like what this podcast is about, you don't have to listen to it. I'm, nobody's holding you down and, you know, got the Ludovico technique. Uh, it wouldn't even be eyeball things. Nobody's making you watch it. There's nothing to watch. You know, nobody's making you listen. Nobody's 
duct taping headphones to your ears and be like, you will listen to the Phil Elmore podcasts and also surviving the news, my news and commentary podcast. If I'm going to force you to listen to this one, I should be forcing you to listen to both. But no, you're free to do something different. It, not every podcast is for everyone. If this isn't for you, that's cool, man. I, I am a big fan of podcasts and listening to YouTube videos because I like to have something interesting going on in the background uh, while I'm working during the day. I can't be focused on a screen, but I want to listen to something engaging. And the problem I have is when I start to concentrate and I'm writing, a lot of the tasks I do are kind of what a former boss of mine called administrivia. They are uh, clerical tasks that don't require my brain. So that's when I can really enjoy listening to podcasts and listening to videos. When I start to concentrate, I don't hear anything. I don't hear music. I don't hear noise. There could be people doing construction work right outside the office and I wouldn't hear it uh, because I'm concentrating now. So I end up having to go back and re-listen to stuff if I was listening to it uh, because you know an entire podcast could happen while I'm concentrating on something and then all of a sudden they're doing their end credit spiel and I'm like, wait, what? It's over? And that's normal. You know, It's just it's how I choose to get through the day. But nobody's forcing you to listen to my stuff. Uh, which brings me to some of the more disingenuous trolls who've commented on on the YouTube videos. One guy uh, is convinced this is a this is a common leftist slash progressive trick. Any opinion that they disagree with is hatred. Uh, so therefore, you are just automatically a racist, and they love to smear everyone who disagrees with them as a racist. So the topic came up, and this was what inspired that previous podcast on white supremacists and the martial arts. A guy asked me what I thought of Patriot Front and groups like that, and I answered him in the comment there and also in the podcast. And this troll was like, oh, clearly you're deliberately misinterpreting what he asked. He didn't ask about trolls in the martial arts. Well, not specifically, but I answered that question about what I thought of the rise of these groups, and then I went on to answer the implied question about these types of groups in martial arts and self-defense, because this has been in the media. I've seen news stories about how white supremacists are supposedly learning combatives and self-defense, and we should all be worried about it. That was the, the topic of that podcast, which I thought turned out really nicely. I thought it was a good podcast. So this guy is just... Uh, you know, going on and on about basically criticizing me for things I haven't said or done because he's projecting his hatreds onto me. Uh, and then, you know, when I answered the guy in the comments on the video, when you know, he asked about Patriot Front, and I said, there's a lot of problems with that group. I think they're very suspicious. There's a lot of weirdness. And he writes, Phil's opinion here is dangerous. I'm like, no, no, it isn't. And I'm under no obligation to have you on my channel libeling me. Like, no, my opinion is not dangerous. My opinion is simply different than yours. I've come to a different conclusion. And leftists love to tell you that they feel unsafe because you cannot falsify someone else's emotions. You know, if they tell you they feel unsafe, they can equate absolutely anything you say as somehow dangerous. If they can malign and redefine what you're saying, a perfectly valid opinion as somehow dangerous and makes them feel unsafe, then they can claim that any violence they do or that Antifa does or that BLM does is justified from a preemptive self-defense standpoint. And in point of fact, they use these types of arguments all the time. There was that Macy's employee who had the crap beaten out of him by a couple of guys who then later claimed that he used the N-word and that justified them beating him up. Well, he never did, but that didn't stop them from using that excuse. And this is just the same thing. Your opinion is dangerous. No, my opinion is not dangerous. It's just different from yours. And that type of trolling is closely adjacent to these people who all have Trump derangement syndrome. Um, I forget 
which politician it was that uh, I think it was Rush Limbaugh who coined the term somebody or rather derangement syndrome. And I forget which politician that goes back to. And it has been, people have used it for many presidents since then. Um, you know, Obama derangement syndrome, Clinton derangement syndrome, Bush derangement syndrome. I've, I've heard that used. I don't remember who the first guy was, but I remember that it was Rush Limbaugh, the conservative political commentator who has since passed away. He was the one who coined that term. And there are definitely people who suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. They are obsessed with the fact that Trump exists. They are still obsessed, even though he's not president anymore. Um, they, they've never forgiven him for stopping Hillary's assumption of power. You know, we were told that it was inevitable that Hillary was going to be president and there was a 99.9% .9 chance that she would win and Trump would lose. And then when somehow, through some weird uh, sort of uh, anomaly, Trump ended up winning that election, the leftists lost their minds and they've been completely deranged where Trump is concerned ever since. So somebody asked me on the YouTube channel about, do you like Biden? And I, th I think that's probably because they didn't listen to the podcast. The podcast was called White Supremacists in the Martial Arts. Somebody commented on that post, do you like Biden? If they didn't listen to the podcast, they might have just seen it in passing and assumed that I'm a lefty who thinks that there is white supremacists hiding under every rock and behind every tree, which is the case for, for left-wingers. They do believe that. And uh, I said, no. <laughs> And another guy commented and started going on and on and on about how, you know, I'm able to acknowledge that Biden has flaws. Like, yes, you ought to be able to, considering that everything's gotten worse since he became president. But he wanted to make this this virtue thing. I'm able to acknowledge that Biden has flaws. And I don't understand why so many Trump supporters make excuses for Trump and blah, blah, blah. It's like nobody was talking about Trump, man. Trump's not president. Trump's not here. Trump wasn't a topic of conversation. You are completely and totally Trump deranged, as are so many like you. Um, and that wraps back around to, I did a podcast m much, much earlier called Thin Skin, where I talked about the fact that you have to have a thick skin. You have to be able to accept criticism if you want to be able to develop, not just in life, but in martial arts specifically. And I had people going, well, you post about thin skin and then you, you delete comments on your YouTube channel. You should be willing to host all comments on your YouTube channel. I'm like, no, I'm not obligated to let you insult me. I'm not obligated to let you troll me. And I'm certainly not obligated to let you try to engage with me in bad faith. If you want to ask earnest questions, I'll gladly answer them. I enjoy that type of, of interaction, that type of engagement. If you want to even criticize, I'll address that if you do so in a polite manner. If you're just going to be arrogant, smug, if you're just going to troll, if you're just going to use these types of, of sophistry, this, you know, everything you think is dangerous because I disagree with it and you're a racist and all this other crap then no, you, this is not the place for you. Go somewhere else. Listen to something else. I don't need you here. The, I do this for fun, and contending with you is not on my agenda. So I guess to wrap this up, I will just say I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing martial arts podcasts. But in the meantime, uh, I see what you did there, and you're not fooling anybody. All right. Until next time, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast. I have been Phil Elmore. Uh, until the next time you listen to one of these, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.